during the Troy Kotzer interview, obviously the name of Jadine Jones was invoked. Yes. And you're in a, that, that's a name that you know resonates big time with you and I and a lot of people that went to Westwood. Mm. And one of the things that Jadine was famous for is the summer musicals that he would put on. Right. One summer musical I remember, uh, I wanted to be hanging out with the cute girls that were in the cast of The Sound of Music. Right. And so I showed up for the uh, audition saying to Jadine Jones, you know, just hand me a spear and let me stand in the back. I don't. I, I don't really want... I love how you thought World War II was fought with spears. <laughs> whatever whatever the, the the token, I'll I'll sweep up the floors afterward. Right, right. And uh, so he said, no, dummy, you can't... The only way into this is by auditioning. So go up on the stage, and oh, by the way, you're going to sing a song. So I'm up on the stage, Shepherd Auditorium, and the piano starts playing, and I'm like, oh. And the problem is, I, I'm on the wrong page. So I, instead of singing, you are 16, going... I am singing, I am 16, going on, innocent as a rose, you know, gentlemen and dandies drink, what do I know of? <laughs> so, Jaden Jones lets me go for a while because yeah. he's loving this, yeah, right? Sure. And he says, that's great, John, but we don't need you for the girls part. It's always cool in Mesa. Yes, it is. It's always cool in Mesa. Get the degrees and just remember this, please. I say it's always cool in Mesa. If I asked you in 2021 to name an Academy Award winner from Mesa, you probably would have broke the Google machine trying. But go ahead and search it now. Type in Academy Award winner Mesa, Arizona. Go ahead, I'll wait. Come on, Boomer. You got it? Am I right? Troy Kotzer, Mesa born and bred, just won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor and you're about to hear from him. It's Always Cool in Mesa, Season 3, Episode 2, Troy Kotzer. Once people hear this episode, I think his career is really going to take off. It's always cool in Mesa. (laughs) Mesa really is city limitless. And now residents and visitors alike can explore the city using their mobile phone as their guide. Visit Mesa has created three exciting ways to check out all that's offered with their brand new digital passports. Serving up discounts, deals, and fun ways to check in and win at Mesa restaurants, attractions, museums, and more. Check out the City Limitless Beers and Brews Passport, the Live Life Limitless Passport, and the Visit Mesa Deals Passport at visitmesa.com. Win t-shirts, stickers, prize medals, and more as you get out and explore Mesa City Limitless. Special offers are loaded each week. See our link in this episode's show notes. I don't always go out of my way to see the movie that wins the Oscar for Best Picture, but I did see last year's winner, Coda, partly because it features a Mesa boy who went to my alma mater, Westwood High School. I was all in for this one. For those who haven't seen it yet, it's the story of Ruby Rossi, who's a hearing child of deaf adults, a coda. Ruby's trying to balance her own dreams with the needs of her deaf parents. Her father, Frank, is played by Mesa's very own Troy Kotzer, who, not so incidentally, won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Troy still lives here in Mesa, so when the Oscar buzz finally settled down, we coaxed him to come into the Mesa Art Center so we could present him with the key to the city. He graciously agreed. Before the presentation, I met Troy and his interpreter, Justin Maher, in the green room, 
where Troy warmly greeted me like an old friend. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel so honored to be here. I feel like I know you so well. I work with Troy's sister-in-law, so I get all the inside scoop. We immediately began talking about the downtown Mesa we both used to know. Well, what's funny is I was born in the former building. This used to be a hospital right here where this building stands. I was born in the same building. It's still, it, it, it's still here. It was the Southside Hospital. It, it's now it's Benedictine University. We reminisced about Main Street back in the day. People hot-rodding down that road back in the day and, and the police chasing them down. When I asked if he dragged Maine years ago like so many others, he said yes. His brothers did too. Ironically, they became firemen and cops. <laughs> well, we, we, we had a very similar experience growing up. We understand each other. And when we get old, we look back at all these memories and we have this mutual understanding. We were there. Why did he have to get all nostalgic and sentimental right before his Key to the City presentation? I have a hard enough time keeping it together at ribbon cuttings. Thank you very much. It, isn't this a great event? Uh, isn't it fun to be in the Mesa Art Center and uh, for something this special, right? I mean, I think uh, this is going to be hard to top. Um, might, might be uh, one of the greatest privileges I have as, as the mayor to, to honor people like Troy Kotzer in our community. I got it together. Troy is an accomplished actor and director, uh, and as we all know, uh, an Oscar-winning actor in the, in the amazing film Coda. Uh, but that's not all. Uh, he was also recognized with a Screen Actors Guild Award, a Critics' Choice Award, the Gotham Award, the Independent Spirit Award, and the BAFTA Award for the same role in CODA. Uh, and of course, as we know, the film won Best Film of the Year. So really, there, you can't top that, can you? Let's give it a big round of applause. And so, without further ado, I'd, I'd like to recognize Troy Kotzer with the key to the city of Mesa for inspiring all of us to reach for our dreams and for your incredible accomplishments as an actor in theater, film, and television. As we got into the interview, Troy and I picked up right where we left off in the green room. He remembered his favorite ice cream shop downtown, also Dunkin' Donuts, and a few other things. Da, da, and da, Del Taco. Da, <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? We've got some institutions in Mesa that, uh, as far as restaurants goes, Del Taco we've never listed so far. I mean, uh, we, I was a Mata's guy. Some people were El Charo's guys. Do you remember those places? Oh, I know El there Charo. There you go. Yes, yeah. yes, Okay, yes, El Charo, yes. of course. That's a good one. And I also remember that there was a, a bicycle shop. Pat's Schwinn's. Yeah. Yes, that was the one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm sorry, you guys. We're going to have a great talk, and uh, great we'll, we'll check in with you later. It could be Mesa Trivia. Yeah, we're old farts now, so yeah. get, out, get out of here. We're just talking about history. Finally, we talked about the moment of winning the Oscar. Troy Kutzer. This is the first Oscar in nomination for... I told him how cool it was to be with his family and watch his Oscar acceptance speech. And we were blown away when you uh, walked up to the microphone. Thank you to my biggest fans, my wife and my daughter Kira, and my hometown of Mesa, Arizona. You gave a shout out to your hometown of Mesa, Arizona in front of the whole wide world. 
none of us were expecting that. Uh, where did me that either. come from? Me either. I never thought it would happen to me. You know, I was just doing what I loved from my heart. I didn't realize that could lead to something that could actually affect the city of Mesa. I feel so proud. What, what is that like just to go to the Oscars and then, you know, be there as a, as a nominee? It was overwhelming. It was too much visual noise, if you know what I mean. So yeah, if hearing people yeah. experience loud noises, it's very distracting. That's how I felt being deaf. My eyes were distracted and, and it was overwhelming. What was the, the first uh, uh, break that you got as to become a professional actor? You know, I hate to say it, but it was CODA. CODA was my breakthrough. Because yeah. before that, I was in a TV show called Criminal Minds. And it was a quite popular TV show and I had a role and I thought that would be my breakthrough and that faded a few years later. And on the theater stage I continued to perform and I thought I had a breakthrough and there'd be great reviews and articles that would come out. But not enough people really knew my name and didn't know who I was. So my best answer is really CODA. It got me this Oscar. And so now my world has changed, right? That's good. What Was there a time pre-CODA? that you started to think maybe I should hang it up and stop acting? Absolutely. I was ready to quit. I was down to a bare thread. I just wanted to protect and support my family. And really, deep down, of course, I loved acting. And it was so hard to even consider letting go. But I had to think of my future. I was in my 50s. I was an old fart. I had to think about my retirement plan, right? And so then with CODA, it was my last shot. I didn't realize where it would lead me to. It led to Sundance. And then our film was purchased by Apple. And oh my gosh, everything that led, it led to from there. It was amazing. It was an amazing journey. And it's amazing I'm here today. I love you all. Amen. So, so let, let's talk about CODA because this is, you know, the, the, the best picture of the year. This is a, a picture that's going to be his, very historic. It's historic because I really look at CODA as what we've been, there's been a long history of something that was missing. It was this gap, right? And there was always segregation and separation between hearing and deaf people. And so with CODA, CODA portrayed hearing the hearing audience members who can hear and communicate verbally and then on the flip side she was also representative of the deaf community because she could communicate in sign language and that intersection finally existed and this coda character bridged the hearing and deaf communities and i was like it's about time finally hearing people are able to enter our culture and as deaf people were able to, able to enter hearing culture and it's something that we were waiting for as a deaf community for such a long time. So it really increased awareness and it was a big step forward for us. I've heard Troy talk passionately more than once about the importance of Apple releasing CODA with burned in titles. Not closed captions that are added later by a third party, but burned in titles like you see in so many foreign films. Finally, they're able to watch sign language on screen with subtitles, with sound, and you can have a hearing and deaf audience react simultaneously together. And so that's what I was waiting for for so long, ever since the silent film era, ever since Charlie Chaplin. That's great. Do you remember Charlie Chaplin? Of course. 
And so then they'd have like subtitles on screen just for a moment, right? And so they would tell you what was going on even without sound. And so back then, the deaf audience members were able to enjoy silent films. And then when the talkies came in, we were segregated as an audience and marginalized from the experience. And we were always behind and trying to catch up and waiting for access. Finally, we had VHS tapes with closed captioning and then so on and so on and so on and until we are here we are today. I asked Troy to tell us about his life growing up as a deaf child in Mesa. So when I was born, my parents didn't realize I was deaf until I was about 10 months old. And they were shocked. They didn't know what to do and they brought me to a doctor. We were so lucky that this particular doctor recommended that my parents learn sign language. So my parents were like, okay, okay. And they put me in a school for the deaf, the Phoenix Day School for the deaf. And so I started going to school there in kindergarten and throughout elementary school. I heard that, that when you were uh, maybe thinking about becoming an actor as a young child, there were a couple of people who really had a big influence on you. One was a Mr. Tom and the other was a Mr. Jerry. Did, it, did, did Tom and Jerry uh, have, an in, have an impact on your life at an early age? Oh, yes. And you know why? Tell me. So Tom and Jerry didn't have any dialogue in the show. And I felt a connection with them. It was their facial expressions. It was the fight scenes, the eyes bulging out, the tongue sticking out. The, oh, it was great. It was so visual. So as a young deaf boy, I really enjoyed watching this cartoon. And so don't forget that back in the 70s, there wasn't any closed captioning. Absolutely none. Yeah. And as I was telling them, I realized these kids were just had this reaction and this light in their eyes. It was like this electricity. And I, these reactions, they really made me happy. And it fed me with that energy. And it made me feel good. And so I learned I really enjoyed acting. And that's where my history as an actor began. A short time after his Tom and Jerry routine on the bus, there was an event that forever cemented his love of performing. I, on the, the screen earlier, when uh, we were showing uh, uh, a, a YouTube video of a, of a pantomime that you do, you know, where you're the, the bowling ball and you're the, the basketball and, and it, 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 did you start doing that back in high school? That's an interesting question. So when I was 12 years old, I was at the Phoenix School for the Deaf and there was a theater troupe of three deaf actors and three hearing actors who visited our school. And it just so happened that that night, my parents were in the audience and I was watching as well and a guy on stage did the bowling ball act for about two or three minutes and I was laughing and my hearing parents were also laughing and I saw that all of these deaf and hearing audience members were laughing simultaneously so afterwards I walked up to the deaf actor his name is Dennis Webster and I said are you deaf and Dennis said, yeah. And I said, can I act? And he goes, yeah, of course you can. And that really increased my hopes. I really felt a spark with that conversation with Dennis Webster. Sure. Well, th that sounds like it was a pretty significant experience where you, you had a, a very talented deaf actor look you in the eye and say, yes, you can be an actor as a deaf person. I mean, you, you now are that person to countless number of young deaf actors. How does that make you feel? You know, I think about the past and I think about what happened to me, that Dennis Webster inspired me. And now these kids are looking at me as a deaf actor 
and I completely get it. I completely understand. I have to tell them the same thing. You can do it too. When Troy became a freshman, he decided to transfer to public school. I thought I really had to learn how to socialize and interact with hearing people. So I really wanted to, to be who I was. And of course, there was barriers and misunderstandings and communication breakdowns, but it really taught me a lot. You played on the basketball team at basketball. Westwood. I think it was probably That's right. Buddy Doolin, your coach. Buddy, your coach. Yes, yes. Okay. that was my coach. Oh, I loved Buddy. And can I tell you a story? Please do. So when I was on the basketball team, after a few weeks, I taught some of the players some dirty sign language. <laughs> and so all the players were thrilled to learn all of these vulgarities in sign language. I do remember that. That was a little behind my back. That's Coach Doolin. He retired more than 25 years ago. And so it just so happened we were playing a game, and one of the players got fouled. And he blew up, and he signed a dirty sign to the referee. And the referee didn't know what he was saying, but all the players on the bench knew exactly what he was saying and started laughing hysterically after this foul. And so my coach was kind of stupefied and he looked at my team's reaction. He's like, why are you guys laughing? And so the next day, he did his research and he realized that I had taught my team these dirty signs. And so he punished all of us. We had to run these suicide drills, full court suicide drills in less than a minute. When that was done, the coach points at me. He goes, Troy, you're staying right here. You taught them dirty signs. You have to run another bunch of suicide laps. Did it have the desired impact? No, I think they still did it behind my back. But it was, it was good for the team. Kept us all loose. Looseness. That was something Coach Doolin valued. The best athlete and the best player was not always the kid that played all the time and was the star and was in the paper. Sometimes the best athlete was the kid that created the best chemistry for the team. And that was Troy. He was a chemistry guy. He made everybody so loose and we all struggled with sign language and trying to communicate and it became, you know, we yeah. joked around and had a great time. And that was important for the kids that actually got most of the playing time. Coach Doolin and Westwood Basketball gave Troy what he was hoping to get from public school, integration. You made an effort, you and the team. We all tried. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we worked hard on our sign language. I should have stayed up with it, but I just didn't. I remember some of them, but I don't remember the bad ones, but Troy could refresh <laughs> my memory. I bet he could. Troy loved basketball, but it remained a distant second to his first love, performing. That was a big reason why I wanted to transfer to Westwood High School because at my school for the deaf, they didn't have a drama program. And I was a young kid. I really had that passion. I really wanted to act. Was Jadine Jones the, the teacher that... Yes, Dr. Jones. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. that's right. That was really my first drama teacher, Yeah, Dr. Jones. And it was Jadine Jones, incidentally, my old drama teacher as well, who convinced Troy to do his bowling ball routine for a talent show. It was a hit but not his only one in high school. Uh, people are still talking about a graduation speech that you delivered uh, in 1988. And that was a particularly um, tough time in your life, right? Because you, you, shortly before that, your, your father had his accident. Can, can, you, can you talk about how that impacted your life? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh. 
So when that happened, uh, my father's car accident, I, I gave a speech and my brother Brian was in the audience and he filmed my speech with an old VHS camcorder. The reason why he filmed it was he wanted to show, my father wasn't able to attend because he was in the hospital. And so my brother Brian brought the VHS tape of my speech to the hospital and I'll never forget that night. So my father was in a wheelchair and he was, they brought a TV with a VHS player into his hospital room and we all sat together and my father was able to watch my speech and I, I never saw my father react like that. He just broke down into tears and was bawling. Obviously he was so proud and I completely understand, you know, I think I have explained enough. It bears mentioning that Troy Kotzer's father, Len, was Mesa's police chief, and by all accounts, a great one. Troy paid a moving tribute to him at the Oscars. My dad, he was the best signer in our family. But he was in a car accident, and he became paralyzed from the neck down, and he no longer was able to sign. Dad, I learned so much from you. I'll always love you. You are my hero. Tragically, Troy also had a younger brother who survived an accident but needed complete care for the rest of his life. Do you think going through those tragedies as a young man, did, did that contribute to this resilience that, you, that has served you so well uh, in your acting career? That's very true. You know, after my brother and my father had, had those accidents, my brother was only four. And he missed his youth. You know, before he was able to run and play with the ball and play in the playground, and then he drowned. And he was just, he was bedridden. He couldn't do anything any longer. And I was seven years old and I was watching my brother go through that and it really taught me so much and I struggled. I really felt torn and throughout the years it, I grew and I, I grew to accept what had happened to my brother and accept for who he was and then my father was in this car accident and there was another disabled member of our family and he, my father could no longer sign after his accident and I remember this one specific night where my father asked me, hey Troy, do you mind taking me to see my younger brother Brent and I said sure and so I drove my dad to see my brother Brent in the hospital and wheeled my father in and my brother Brent was lying in a bed and my dad was sitting in his wheelchair and I'm sitting in the room and my father waved to me he was trying to touch my brother Brent and so I picked up my brother's hand and I put it in my father's so they were able to touch. And at that particular moment, I saw that these two members of my family were disabled and their hands were touching each other and mine as well. And I was feeling so torn at that moment. And, and looking at myself, I was like, I'm going to cry about being deaf. You know, my father and my brother and the, everything they had to go through, they had such courage 
And that's why I wanted to dedicate my Oscar to the CODA community, the deaf community, and the disabled community because I understood through my personal experience what many of these people have gone through. Your, your, your father um, was a great man. Uh, the, the city of Mesa owes him a lot, but it, he, I, I assume he was a very practical man. He was a police chief, for heaven's sake. Was he worried that when, when you told him, Dad, I want to be an actor when I grow up, did he, did he try to talk you out of that? He was very concerned. So my dad always called me a risk taker. And looking back, I understand why. Yeah. I struggled to pay the bills. I struggled to support my family. And so I got it. My dad was right in many ways, I have to admit. But I'm so glad that I was able to accomplish winning this award, and I wish my parents were here to see it. Yeah. After I won the Oscar, I went to the cemetery, and I brought the Oscar, and I showed it to them. At the end of the evening, Troy addressed the audience, many of them members of Mesa's deaf community. I'd just like to say thank you, everyone, all of you, for coming tonight. And thank you, Mayor Giles, for inviting me here. It really does mean a lot to me. And I never thought that my journey would lead me to be here on this stage today. And so it's been truly an amazing journey for me, and I'm so grateful to, to you, Mayor Giles, and to all of you. Thank you for the key to the city. I'm going to try and break into a bank with, the, with that key. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's Troy keeping things loose. Coach Doolin wasn't able to be there that night, but I told him about the whole thing when we spoke. After the recording, right. he stood up on stage, there was a long line, and it took forever because he would talk for 10 or 15 minutes with every person who stepped up on the stage. Yes. Every, every one of them held the Oscar. Every one of them got oh, their picture taken with Yes. Them. And he, we had to pry people away from him because the line was so long yes. to talk to him. Yes. And so I, and what you're telling me you know, about what he was like in high school really rings true. He's well, still just, that way. Yeah, he got along with everybody. Yeah. Everybody. In other words, he's the same old Troy. He gets along with everyone, keeps things loose, has great chemistry. And yes, his language is still a little blue. But he's the same in the most important way. Watching him hang around and talk with all those people, laughing and hugging each one, I could see that he's still the same kid in his brother's hospital room years ago. The kid who asked himself, am I going to cry about being deaf? That night was a master class in gratitude. Thank you, Troy. I just wanted to say that this is dedicated to the deaf community the CODA community and the disabled community. This is our moment to my mom, my dad, and my brother, Mark. They're not here today, but look at me now. I did it. I love you. Thank you. For our friends in the deaf community, there's a link to the entire transcript of this episode posted in the show notes. Spread the word. Also, you can see the entire interview with Troy Kotzer on Mesa's Channel 11 YouTube channel. And finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe and share it with a friend.